Previously on Searching for Ghosts. He told uh, Sergeant Mike Staples yeah. that um, he said he's changed his story at least five times since we've been here. Since so, the police showed up at the mall. We didn't find any corroboration that she was ever at the mall. And, and that is, you know, much of, we looked at the cameras the stores had and, uh, you know, talking with people in the mall and everything, we didn't have anybody that remembered seeing her. Well, the thing that still sticks with me is the fact that uh, you know, she was reported missing at the mall in Jackson, Tennessee, and there was absolutely no evidence ever found that she was ever at the Jackson Mall. Uh, so that's that's the thing that just rings to me to be where the where the lies started in my opinion. Right. This whole case with Bethany, this whole thing is so unbelievable and it is what it is and I'm not going to make it any bigger than it is yeah. nobody in this room is it's already no, no I think that we love no. it's too much to make it anything that it's not I mean I don't want <laughs> to sit here and all of us just make up these outlandish lies and then you know what good is that going to do us or Bethany? It's wasting all of our time. We're here to tell the truth as we know it, you know, whether it be 100% or 10%. Just the truth as we know it and uh, try to raise some more awareness and get her home. If you remember from last episode... We left off where Lori had finally gotten in touch with Larry Markowski. She and her husband were an hour away from Jackson at the Waverly exit, and Johnny was trying to figure out a way to get there herself. Johnny didn't have a vehicle of her own at the time of Bethany's disappearance. I'll explain why in a later episode. We also discovered that there were holes in the timeline or timelines given by Larry, and according to Johnny, Larry told her that he was taking Bethany and her friend Christina skating that weekend but went to Little Rock, Arkansas instead. Christina stated that she never knew about the skating plans. Lori picks up the story with something Larry told her over the phone. He said about 1.30 or 2 o'clock, I think he said he let Bethany go in the mall. She was um, going to meet her little friend Hillary. And I don't, I don't know who Hillary is. I still don't know who Hillary is to this day. But um, And so I, I was like, I said, who's Hillary? He said, it's her little friend that she knew here from Jackson. I don't have to tell you the importance of this information. If there were someone else with Bethany at the mall, this person could possibly be an eyewitness to the abduction, or at worst, a second victim. So Lori immediately calls Johnny to see if she knew who Hillary was. And I had told her about this little Hillary girl that he mentioned, and I said, do you know who Hillary is? And she said, yes, it's her friend. I said, well, call her. Call her family and see if they saw Bethany at the mall. And so she didn't. She was doing that. I mean, we were working all ends of it as fast as we could. And then when I- I'm Brandon Barnett, and this is Searching for Ghosts, season two. Where is Bethany Markowski? Bethany's mother, Johnny, 
might have been stuck in Nashville for the time being. But she didn't just sit idly by waiting for a ride. She started making some important phone calls. Johnny and Lori should take pride in the fact that they got multiple people involved from the word go. Doing that gives credence to what Johnny says when someone like myself looks at this case some 16 years later. I called a lot of people when uh, Lori told me that Bethany, that Larry said she he couldn't find Bethany. I called my, first of all, Darlene, my lawyer's secretary, just to make sure she knew right up front, Larry's pulling something weird, you know, and I don't want him to get her, you know, visitation anymore. She was a couple of blocks over from the mall with her soon-to-be husband. She did jump up and run to the mall and wrote a bunch of stuff on napkins that she eventually sent to me later. And Larry did tell her the same stories he told my sister Lori about going to going into Claire's or something with a friend Hillary. I talked to Darlene to get her recollections of that night. But we drove and we were eating at Chili's. I'll never forget. But at the front of the table, just ordered her food and uh, got a call from Johnny. And she was just screaming and crying on the phone. And Darlene, Darlene, you've lost her. She's not brought Bethany back. And I said, whoa, wait, 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 wait. I said, I'm in Jackson. She said, he's there at the mall. So we just ordered our food. I said, throw it in the cocaine. We took it and I said, uh, straight over there. And it was at the J.C. Penney um, entryway is where the, everybody was at at the time. Um, I was there and I said, I'm representing Johnny till she gets here. I said, you know, I'm the you know, legal assistant to her attorney. I said, there is a big battle going on. This is not just, I've misplaced her. I don't know where she's at. The story he told them was that he, her and a, girlfriend or something or cousin or something had gone in and he'd taken a nap out there in the parking lot in his van for hours. You're talking hours. And he was telling them, you know, all they went in and they didn't come out and, you know, somebody probably picked them up and, you know. In a letter dated March 6, 2001, from the law office of James H. Bradbury to Sergeant Hutchins of the Jackson Police Department, Darlene recounts the story about Hillary. Quote, I asked Mrs. Markowski what his, Mr. Markowski's cell number was, and she gave it to me. I called him immediately to see if we could help. I asked what happened. He told me that she was meeting a friend, Hillary, and that they were going to Claire's to shop for a hair something. He just didn't know what happened, and that when he woke from his nap, she was not there. So Lori works to secure Johnny a ride while she and her husband make the one-hour trip to Jackson. Pay close attention to the details that Lori gives about what she witnessed when she arrived at the mall, especially the jacket or lack thereof. This will come up in a later episode. So uh, we got Diane involved and uh, my friend Diane, um, she uh, ended up bringing Johnny to Jackson because the mall was closed when we got there. Because it was already almost 6 when we left, so it was probably a little after 7, I guess, when we got there. And um, when we pulled up, I saw Larry Markowski in, in, his, in his van. He was standing kind of in front of his van, about 4 feet in front of it. It was March 4th, so it was like in the low 40s. You know, sun had already gone down. It was really cold. He didn't have a jacket on. Um, he was the only, it was kind of drizzling too that day. I checked out the weather history for March 4th, 2001 in Jackson, Tennessee, 
and Lori's memory is spot on. The 2.08 p.m. report from McKellar Sipes Regional Airport in Jackson recorded the temperature at 44.6 degrees with a 12.7 mile an hour wind, giving it a wind chill of 38.4 degrees. There were wind gusts as high as 24 miles per hour that Sunday, and over a half inch of rain was reported. It was indeed a nasty day. When Lori gets to Jackson, she is greeted by Jackson Police Chief Rick Staples. He came up to uh, my husband and I, and immediately he got out of his car, because everybody was in their car except um, Larry Markowski. And he said, who are you and why are you here? And I explained to him who I was. And, um, and I said, what is he saying? And he said, well, tell me what he said to you. So I told him about the conversation I had, that she went into the mall with her little friend Hillary. I said, Johnny's calling to see if Hillary had seen her and everything. And um, he said he had talked to Darlene, and uh, he had told Darlene, um, Larry Markowski had told Darlene the same exact story about this little girl named Hillary. And he said, you know, I said, I don't know who Hillary is, but Johnny knew who she is. And uh, he said, and I said, what's he saying? And he said, he told Darlene the same story that he told you about this little girl, Hillary. He said, but now he's saying he never told either one of you that. And I'm like, well... I didn't pull Hillary out of, you know, I don't know who this little girl is. I've never heard her name. And he said, exactly. So Hillary actually is a real person and a friend of Bethany's. Johnny explains. We had lived in Jackson and Bethany went to school there. I think it was the third grade. We had lived there for about a year and we lived on Christmasville Road in um, um, the t- a townhome. A few townhomes down from us was this little girl, Hillary and her little brother, uh, and Bethany and Hillary became really, really good friends, and, you know, Bethany, uh, Hillary went on vacation with us, but, um, that's who that Larry was talking about. So Johnny gets in touch with Hillary's mother, who not only explained what really happened with Hillary in the mall, but also mentions a change in Larry's appearance. So I immediately called them, and, um, you know, her, her mom said that, yeah, that she saw Larry in the mall, and, uh, she even made a comment, his hair's so black, you know, so black now. And saw her and him in the mall, and Hillary ran up and said, where's Bethany? And he said, I don't know, I'm looking for her. So that's the only way Hillary was involved with that story. Hillary never saw Bethany. So law enforcement went and talked. So I decided to reach out to Hillary myself. She explains that when Bethany lived in Jackson, that they were very close but hadn't been in contact much since Bethany moved to Gleason, let alone Nashville. We did, but we, we were just neighbors. We lived a few houses apart, and I guess we started hanging out as just, you know, neighborhood kids playing together, right. and we were pretty much joined at the hip from there. Like, either she was in my house, or I was in hers, or I was gone on the truck with them. You know, they had moved off to, like, I want to say Greenfield, Tennessee, or something, so it had been a, a little while since we had seen each other. We might have, we, I'm sure we talked a few times after they moved off, but at that point, I didn't even know. I think I knew that her parents had, had split up or something, yeah. but I, you know, I didn't even know the details of visitation and, you know, her going to see him and whatnot and all that. Hillary then talks about that Sunday at the mall and mentions again to me Larry's change in appearance without being prompted. According to Johnny, Larry at that time had dark brown hair that was getting very gray. I was at the mall. I was up there with, uh, I think, my parents, maybe my brother or something, and 
I seen we just have to be walking through, and I had been there for quite a while. And uh, I seen Larry. We we saw Larry walking up, and he he looked all weird. He had like sunglasses on in the mall, and he had dyed his hair jet black. And uh, he was all he was walking around with a security officer, freaking out, you know, saying he couldn't find Bethany. And I, I, you know, I was like, well, I hope you look for her. We walked around, you know, figured we'd just run into each other. And we kept looking or whatever. And then the next thing I know, you know, the cops are up there. Everybody's freaking out. He says he can't find her, that, you know, he's asleep in the car and let her go in the mall by herself. A few hours later, the, the cops came to my house and just came to ask me more questions. And... Uh, I mean, that, that's about the gist of it as far as that night goes. I mean, it was all, you know, crazy for a while. When asked, Hillary says that she remembers the story being told that she went to the mall with Bethany. Yeah, see, I remember something about that. I remember, I want to say I remember him trying to say at one point or another, yeah, that me and her were hanging out in the mall. But I only heard it come up like that, you know, back then when it all first happened. I don't think, I, I you know, nobody ever really read into it because, you know, it wasn't true. So it is unclear as to why Larry would make up this story about Hillary and Bethany. Was it to somehow make his version of events more credible? Whatever the reason, the only thing that it accomplished was that it added more doubt that Bethany was ever in the mall that day. But everybody said, you know, everyone knew we were best friends, so by the end of the night when nobody could find her, everybody was like, you know, there's no way she's in the mall, or that you two were in the mall together, and, you know, you never saw each other once. Mike Holt retired from the Jackson Police Department even referenced Hillary when discussing how they could not find any evidence that Bethany was in the mall on March 4th, 2001. We also uh, found that during, during that time, they, they had lived in Jackson area at one time, and there was a young lady in the mall that would have known her if she had seen her. And, uh, you know, talking with people in the mall and everything, we didn't have anybody that remembered seeing her. So back to Lori on the scene at the mall still waiting for Johnny to show up. Even though Larry didn't find it necessary for Lori to come to Jackson, he evidently called his mother. Um, we waited around, I guess, until you got there. I'm not even sure what time. It seemed like it lasted. It was so we late. We got there around 11 or so. Yeah. It just seemed like it was forever. Before she got there, Larry Markowski's mom showed up, and she was um, being loud and belligerent and just ridiculous but um and the police officer told her you need to go on back where you came from you know i will arrest you and you know she was acting out enough where he was threatening to arrest her and um so she calmed down and she was sitting in her car and he came over to me he said i want to tell you when your sister gets here you need to tell her she needs to not act like that and i'm told i said there's not going to be an issue and uh so i did let johnny know that you know that the he, what he had said, and of course that was never going to be the issue anyway. But when he got there, or when she got there, we all loaded up, I guess, and um, went to the police station. Lori explains how that at the police station, she and Johnny mainly waited as the police talked to Larry, and that the police made them aware of a noticeable difference between Bethany's parents' demeanor that night. We were in like a break room where there's yeah. a TV and like snacks and stuff, and uh, we were there probably till what, 4 o'clock in the morning, and they were only speaking to him because he was the last person to ever see her. And um, 
so I guess interrogating him or asking him lots of questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that there was a couple of different times that they came out and they were really irritated with him because they couldn't keep him awake. He kept falling asleep. He said, you guys are in here just crying and carrying on. He said, and he, I can't even keep him awake. Johnny has a similar version of events, the only difference being some colorful language. We uh, stayed, like Lori said, in the police station for a very, very long time. And I remember one of the police officers coming through. And I, I believe it was Sergeant Staples. You know, he, he was very, like Lori had said earlier, very upset and Actually, he basically said, you know, every time I come in here, y'all are praying or crying or talking. And he said, and I've had to wake that asshole up three times to ask him questions, you know. So I just don't understand how somebody could sleep at a time like this. And so after- and while Larry Markowski was allegedly struggling to stay awake, this is what Johnny was doing and thinking until 4 a.m. at the Jackson Police Department. While we were at the police station, uh, like Lori had said earlier, we were kind of like in a break room, and it was me and my sister Lori and her uh, then-husband Larry and Diane, and we were you know, praying and crying and trying to figure out. I never will forget, as long as I live, it was a, it was chilly that night, like Lori said earlier, and it was mist and rain, and when um, they had given me a description of what Larry Markowski had said, Bethany had on, and it was just like black shoes, blue jeans, and a green short sleeve t-shirt, and all I could think of, it's so cold outside. And so when they gave me her bag to go through it to see if everything was in there that I had packed, the first thing I pulled out was her coat. So I knew wherever she was, she was out there without a coat, and and she was cold. And it's just... uh, I can't even explain what kind of feeling it is. It's not, it's like you're not even in your own body. You want to be everywhere. You want to be able to get onto the top of a mountain and just scream their name. I think I did scream several times really, really loud. Um, Hoping that, you know, she'll hear you and she'll come out. If you have any information about Bethany Markowski, no matter how small you think it is, call 1-800-THE-LOST. Hey guys, Brandon here. Want to support Searching for Ghosts and look cool doing it? Well, now you can, and just in time for Christmas. The SFG store is up and running. We have three designs to choose from, including the quote-unquote shirt that I know the hardcore SFG fans will appreciate. We have multiple colors to choose from, t-shirts for men and women, and hoodies. I'll have the link in the show notes of this episode. You can also find the store at the top of the Searching for Ghosts Facebook page. Your support will help us keep SFG going. Thanks, guys. On the next episode of Searching for Ghosts. As adults, we sometimes forget how perceptive kids can be. And I felt that something was always wrong about the stuff. You know, I knew something wasn't right. Running out that door was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life until Bethany disappeared. Uh, Um, I think that's a pattern. He loved us when we were little. But when we started getting older and having a voice of our own, um, 
It changed your stinking fear. Just scared to leave and scared to stay.